guys hey welcome to the post show broadcasting live from t radio v in hollywood california this is where we elevate the creative cult this is where creatives can be seen so thanks for tuning in and thanks for always watching us you guys are cool i'm poe as you know okay so sunday april 3rd at 7 p.m the vital red suit at beyond baroque which i was just at beyond baroque that was Sunday, seen Holiday Mason. No, Saturday. So Holiday Mason was at Beyond Baroque, an amazing poet. Okay, so anyway, Vital Red Suit is a one-time-only poetry event featuring a rare collection of contemporary poets. This may be your only chance to catch this lineup, so make sure you note this. Um, direct from Portland, Oregon, poet, advocate, activist Mindy Netafee returns to Los Angeles, joining her all the way from San Carlos, one of California's most ardent cam campaigners, Lee Rossi, and all the way from Cork, Ireland, much beloved poet and performer Paul Casey makes a very rare U.S. appearance to debut his new collection, Virtual Tides. And finally, L.A.'s own resident diva Lynn Thompson rounds out the evening with her singular style hosted, oops, the event is hosted by Brennan Constantine, $10, general admission, $6, students, seniors, and members free. So check that out. Beyond Baroque is amazing. Malabamba, okay. Be patient with me on this because there's lots of lots of names that are very difficult for me because they're in a different language. So I'm going to try and I'm sorry if I offend anybody with my mispronunciation, but it's because I only speak broken English. Okay, Malabamba, 107th anniversary celebration at El Cid, 4212 West Sunset Boulevard, Los Angeles, featuring live music from Sidara Sun. I hope that's right. A Los Angeles-based group playing a variety of popular Cuban dance music and specializing in Afro-Cuban folkloric music and the Sour Mash Hug Band, combining Eastern European violin with a 1920s hot jazz, Yiddish song, and even bluegrass to evoke an era and a place that never quite existed. Love that. Plus an Iraqi dance performance by Sarah L. Hadidi. I hope that's right. Of Court of Morjana, the art of Iraqi dance, with DJ Jason Savvy and DJ Cat Hair, which is super funny to me, giving away loads of prizes, including 10,000 Italian lire, <laughs> CDs from the Malabamba vaults, and tickets to see Fanfare Chiocarlia, I hope, at the Luckman. Uh, Malabamba. Uh, LA's wildest pan-global international celebration of music and dance since 1909. $10 cover, hookah patio, full bar, full bomba. For more info, go to www.malabamba.com. Okay, so with this episode, we're discussing high art. So let's see what that's all about. Sorbet student, poor as a thing, would come tried to buy my dad's painting on the barren wall in the Soviet rundown block misery with one broken stool. A student would want to have a painting on the wall. Art is a religion of 21st century, one that is unifying. I think art was an original religion, the first mural. It was sacred. It had purpose. It has a what's important to it. It was before religion. It was that's why it's primal. It had purpose. It was not decoration. It was something that significantly they believed. Our forebearers believed that it affect their very being. Art is not commodity. Art is not entertainment. It's art as a way of life. So the whole idea is that. 
art really sets the priorities for culture, and culture drives the society. Therefore, art is profoundly important. It has nothing to do with decoration. Artists do not invent the priorities for society. They sense it. They sense the direction. They just inhale it, maybe, first in the air. That's why we're underground. That's why art is underground. Art is the ultimate rebellion. Because we're not buying what they feed us. Art is opposite to politics in that way. Politi politics die by extremism, and art dies by mediocrity. <laughs> if it's not extreme, it's not art. Okay, so in the studio with me today, I have three very talented artists with three very different styles and possibly three very different opinions. We'll see. A painter of the Russian representational school and a Soviet art scholar, founder of the classical underground chamber music series and advocate of high art, Alexei Steele. Great to be here. A conceptual artist, self-titled a reluctant realist. <laughs> Described as a new old master, a painter of everything, everyday dysfunctions of modern life, F. Scott Hess. Hi, folks. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Scott Hess. <laughs> no. Try that again, Scott. Yeah. Come on. Let's give it another whirl. Yeah. Let's give it a little time. And pour in a little more champagne, possibly. Yeah. We don't have any marijuana, though, but 420 is not Dang. coming. Dane. 420's coming. Okay. And portrait, figure, and still life. Painter with a mesmerizing existential approach to formal portraiture that conveys a contemporary psychological edge. George Dubin! Wow, wow. Really? <laughs> that's me? I know. I see the psychological edge. Oh that's, that's what people say about you guys. These aren't my words. These oh, are what okay. people say. So that's why I use it because this is like what the people say. So The right. people. The people. You know the people. Like we were talking about on the way here, George. Right. Those people. <laughs> Whoever they are. Those people. <coughs> okay. So, Alexi Steele. Bob. It's, uh, thank you, it's, it's great to be here. And uh, primarily, it's really a great uh, privilege to be here at the table with uh, such a great artist uh, like Scott and George. It's always special, it's always perfect to get <coughs> together with artists. It's, uh, that's what fuels our art, fuels our ideas. And uh, uh, thank you for sort of inviting to share this set of ideas that are very important to me. What uh, I would like to talk is about uh, the high art uh, in the contemporary world, uh, in today's world. But what's amazing before I start into that, it's really important to, to note that today's world has a distinct difference in its distinct cultural difference. It's diverse and pluralistic. Um, now it is a field of many clusters that Always in the past, it was kind of one dominating mode and everything else was kind of on the side. It's not anymore. Uh, today, it's a field of every cluster. Each cluster lives by its own set of rules. I think it's called the cluster fog. That's claustrophobia. Yours is actually better. It's, uh, if you're on the side of the single mind mode, it's a claustrophobia <laughs> because okay. clusters will defeat you. And each of them lives by its own rules, um, set of rules. And each of those rules could be entirely different, even opposite. But that's amazing part of our stage and culture. Rise and fall of each of those clusters are entirely dependent on their own internal dynamics and the changing in the world itself, and not by in any means by that being inherently good or bad. So this is a very important distinction exactly. to me personally. In before even mm -hmm. saying what I'm talking about, and. High art, the way I know it, the way I understand it, is um, one of those clusters, that part of this clusterfuck, claustrophobia, and all of the above in between and beyond. Um, so what I would like to talk just throughout the show is this high art as my heritage and the way of life. Um, then I would like to talk a bit and touch um, um, on changed world, the way the world changed and li the, the limitations of postmodernism. And then I would like to talk about the applications of principles and practices of high art, the way it came down to me and the way I understand them in um, my most recent uh, project as 
applying of those principles live in this new changing reality. And of course, I'm very much excited and very much interested in hearing an opinions of such a great, you know, artists and thinkers like uh, Scott and George um, about that because that's I don't know if that I, I don't know if that that great of a thinker. Well, <laughs> uh, you think with paint. <laughs> the paint betrays your thinking. Um, so if we have just to put me on time. Um, so the high art. So what is high art to me? Um, high art is central to who I am. It's not just it's a central it's it's I, without that. I'm nothing. I don't even exist. I'm a ghost. Um, and it's a very specific understanding, very specific set of understanding that came down to me from my dad, from my father, great late Soviet artist Leonid Steele. And it's so amazing and symbolic. It just got me amazing sense of inspiration as I drove in. My dad is dad's resting place right in front of this studio. His grave is right oh, there. Yes, he is with Hollywood, us yeah. in Hollywood forever. Wow. So it's all significant. It's all we live in the mysterious ways. Um, and my dad signified through his core beliefs and practices the institutional memory of a Russian academy. So this is multi-generational effort. And it has key principles. That being an artist, it, we tend to go right in into practical principles. but. Underneath of those practical principles are key philosophical principles. And the key philosophical principles that my dad was founding for his understanding that he came down to me, gave uh, down to me, is art is a way of life, giving it its ultimate meaning. That's any type of existence is measured by us uh, through this, uh, through application on art. Now, nothing else has its own uh, independent relevance. Uh, second, Faith in humanity. Faith in humanity as a driving purpose of our enterprise. That's what my dad believed in. That's what we've been taught. The ultimate seriousness of conveying personal truth. That's a fundamental psychological and philosophical principle of that school that I'm part of. And sincerity of expression that is fundamental to truth speaking. So those like, sort of, uh, we can go deeper, but this is like yes. the key differences that underline the key practical uh, pr principles of, um, of, uh, of that tradition that my dad vehemently called high art. High art was his motto. He would just something that he would keep refraining to himself or come back in the, in the conversation. And it's based on acquiring a very specific skill set, um, based on a very specific types of uh, visual, visual principles, um, based and centered around intense study, live study of human figure as human figure as the expressive force in that particular art form. And the purpose of that is ability to convey authenticity of character, absolute authenticity of character, and authenticity of gesture in the mediums of painting, drawing, and sculpture. So these are the basic principles of this academic, uh, Russian academic tradition and uh, its sense of high art. And uh, central to its skill set is uh, acquisition of form sense. It's not flatness. It's acquisition of dimensional reality. It's not <laughs> copying the flatness of the way we appreciate it. It's understanding the dimensional structure of the world and recreating it from such. Command of a fully developed tonal range. Enormously difficult professional uh, from the discipline standpoint. Uh, and compositional organization of masses. All those practical principles my dad, through his <laughs> philosophical beliefs, applied to uh, as tools of um, expressing his love for people, for hum his human sense and the love of a common man and woman in a Soviet society. And at that point, and I remember he would go down to the villages, down to this forest away that I remember the, the tractors putting our, pulling our car because there was no roads for like you know 50 miles. You know, that's what he would do. And he would do the shows there. He believed in that deeply, passionately, and he portrayed those people. So that's what came down to me. That's what I grew up with. That's something that has this uh, huge, profound importance to me, and that's essentially that's what I do. And uh, okay, let me. I, I'm curious as to Scott because he comes from you. Come from a little, a little different. The way you got to it was different than passed down, particularly. Yes, I. Uh certainly came through the American academic system 
and then went off to Vienna and learned classical techniques there. You know what? I'm going to help you out here. This is going to be better. We're going to go to Scott's video real quick. Great. All right. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear you talk any longer. <laughs> <laughs> Kill that. George. Um, I started drawing when I was seven years old. My parents got divorced. My father took off. I, after the age of 10, I didn't see him. Um, but during that period, I started drawing uh, naked ladies tied up. The very first image I remember drawing at that time was of a woman in a bikini tied to a chair in jail. I realized in my 20s that what I was doing was binding the woman, binding the mother, so she wouldn't leave too, and that that had been this consistent theme because my father had taken off. Um, I was going to magically control my mother through art. So that's how my art career really began. I got very good at drawing, drawing out these fantasies uh, that were all erotic. And so uh, that led to college. I, I got to like the art of Vienna and uh, fantastic realists, and I decided I wanted to go there and be an artist. started living in Austria as an artist. Um, a few months into it, I thought I should show some of these fantastic realists um, my artwork. And I took my portfolio to the Academy of Fine Art, to Rudolf Hausner's Meisterschule. And I showed him and he flipped, said, oh, this is fantastic stuff. And he bought one on the spot for 500 bucks and said, when are you going to start studying with me? I said, I can't turn this down. Um, lived in Vienna for five and a half years gotten homesick for the States. Um, I'd never been to Los Angeles, but I had a girlfriend who was a filmmaker, and so we moved to LA. And my career took off here. I've continuously made figurative art and uh, um, all the way until now. I, I feel that this exhibition sort of pulls together all my skills in many ways. And so the paternal suit is related in some way to that missing father. After 32 years, I tracked him down. And he had some information about the family, uh, but not very much. And it wasn't until five years later that I got an email with a photograph by Matthew Brady of my great-great-great-grandfather, who was a senator. And uh, it was just, I just looked at that thing. And ever since that moment, I have been hooked. In a way, what you're doing with genealogy, um, and especially if you've got an imagination like mine, you reanimate people. Um, you know, you bring them back to life, and they they exist almost literally. So there's a whole nother, uh, you know, aspect. Scott's coming from a different heritage, a different thing, but there's a, I don't know, I see a through line. Maybe I'm ignorant, but I see a total through line. Your, your, um, yours came through your father directly. Scott's came and from- And the Academy. Yeah, and Scott's Edition. came from the Academy. <laughs> and his father, but through a different way. It's also through a father. Yeah, he yeah. disappeared, and uh, my basic, thrust of my career, I think, was to reestablish a father, to get uh, to father myself in a way through my art. And I think I did that for many years. And I think I share many of the same ideas ultimately as Alexi in terms of exactly. personal art making. But mm. I probably have a totally different idea about high art than he does. Okay, you tell <laughs> us. Tell us what it is. Um, Maybe just some things. I think high some art things. is dead. I well, think. it is. Well, that's that goes without saying. Art is dead, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, at the one end, we have the billionaires. That's who are, the where know, it's uh, Bernie Sanders. You know, the uh, the billionaires who have taken the art world in this direction, where it's all commodity, and you've got people without any taste at all spending billions of dollars on art. And at the o the other end, uh, the popular end, you have Instagram. Yeah. You have people that just and these are you know my, in my classes, my best painters just go through Instagram. Yep. They look at this stuff and they speed through it and they spend three seconds on each great art piece, you know, and like it or not. 
that's where our culture is at <laughs> that the moment. That is where our so culture high is. So high art, where does it fit in here? I still make things that I believe are precious, it's but just I don't know the, that the society or culture is in that place or ever will be in that place again. I don't think people care that much about it anymore. I think it's uh, become something of a of a sort of a, a very small uh, segment of what's going on in the art world. And, you know, having talent or acquired talent or working hard to, to develop a skill set, as both of you have, um, uh, doesn't matter like it used to, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago or 100 years ago or whatever. It's, it's uh, people don't really understand it they don't understand the struggle of getting to that point and they don't uh, they don't really care how anybody gets to the end result of their work anymore it's like they don't care about the the blood sweat and tears that goes into making making art anymore so yeah. it, we do you we think that's going to go back though do you think there's going to still be appreciation maybe not right now where times are too fast but i i don't know i kind of think that there's going to be a time when we're 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 needing that I don't think it's ever going to fully go away, but I just think if you look at what's, you know, being celebrated in the art world as being, you know, I don't use necessarily use the term high art, but art that's celebrated, it's, it often doesn't have a lot to do with somebody's, you know, 20 or 30 years of studying, you know, uh, traditional techniques of art or anything. Why like do you that. think that is? Do you think it's because a lot of people can't afford to study? Well, <laughs> it's partly that, and it's partly just, uh, you know, the advent of the idea that anybody can be an artist, and you don't ne necessarily have to go through any kind of schooling to become an artist. Um, you know, there's too many fucking artists on the planet now. Do you think that the, the craft <laughs> is lacking? A lot, I would say yes, but again... It doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, nobody gives a shit if Donald Trump hates black people or whatever. They seem to want to vote for him, you know. Weird, so, right? So it's sort of a, you know, the analogy of what's going on in our society and the world in terms of how it affects, you know, us as artists who are, you know, trying hard to, you know, maybe do something that has a certain intrinsic value is, is not there anymore. People are... You know, it's a th we live in a th kind of a throwaway, instant gratification society. So. You know, but part of the um, I know these aren't all the characteristics <laughs> of high art, but part of it is is uh, is art that you don't just get right away. That it takes a while. You have to contemplate it, and it's the depth of it. Also, of course, the quality of it. But there, it's something that moves you, not just a pretty picture. Something that has but more. We live depth. in a different time, I think, and I think people don't have time, time for the depth. At <laughs> one time, at one time, that was really important. People had lots of spare time. They had, uh, you know, they would just read and they would think about things. Right. I think this is the first time in human history where we can be distracted 100% of the time. Yeah. But I don't think that's ever been the case, and so um, there's always something going on um you know you walk down the street it's like zombies have taken over everybody's <laughs> on their phone just yeah. talking <laughs> that's you know, true uh any public space you go into everybody's on their phone there is a new um, need formerly people would have been sitting there they would have had to talk to somebody or would have had to had their mind engaged in some other thought process you don't have to do that anymore you could literally be uh transfixed by your phone or and something in your phone continuously it is acceptable it's what everybody does it's not just acceptable and it like you said reality. instagram that's that's the art world instagram. is instagram yeah. <laughs> yes. that is unfortunate and when your stuff is that big it looks pretty good <laughs> we, we used to we used to call the uh the atm machine back in the 80s when everybody's doing cocaine the instagram machine <laughs> <laughs> instagram there you go oh that's a good one that's a good fact george <laughs> oh. just so you know just so you know well scott uh, you almost uh quoted directly Huxley, uh. beautiful <laughs> 1931 Huxley, Newbury yeah. World. Yes, yeah. we killed high art. If if you remember John Savage talking to the controller, uh, the controller divining the wisdom of uh, this Newbury World on him, essentially said the same thing. And because uh, uh, Savage's wondered like why there is no Othello, why did you why Othello is forbidden. Why is he forbidden and suppressed? And said, we don't want it. We're only, it because it's old. Because we're only treasure new. We'll, it will, it will comp make people compelled. We don't like have to suppress anything but anymore. People just aren't interested in No, but things. that's uh, then another. And then comes a very interesting thing, much like this brilliant thinkers. I love uh, uh, literary people. Uh, I mean, there are such brilliant ideas uh, that have been foretold. Uh, of course, it's in a symbolic way, but very descriptive. And then he says uh, uh, in that very quote, 
the reason of non-needing the high art and the reason for non for wiping it out is because nobody will understand it much as you're arguing um no one needs that because it's changed because and it's interesting thing because it's because of stability stability does not need the high art and the stability if you remember in the huxley sense you know that sterile world that there is a you know and we have that part of the world that is becoming sterile but i disagree i, I don't think it's a stable world and i think that's we, the problem that's, and that, no that's no no exactly and i think people will realize that at some point exactly and seek that because that's it's not exactly a stable world that's it's exactly for and that's at the core of my argument i know very well the point obviously being in this game for quite a while i know very well scott's argument and that part of thinking yeah. uh, uh that is out there uh, I know it, and that's why I'm uh, coming with the vehement, vehement, militant view of opposite. Yeah. Because to me, it's underground. You're not packing heat, are you? <laughs> I am. It's right there. Oh, can uh, you see it emanating? Yeah. So, um, and the key to this, the the the, the, the key idea to this is what you described of course <laughs> we all see this we understand that it's part of the reality but another part of the reality just as paul just mentioned the world is becoming less and less and less stable and predictable it used to be it used to be pretty stable by the way it was going good second half of the 20th century fat great hamburger cheap more loans all this thing as long as you're willing and dealing if as long as you give me mortgages nobody can afford whatever you do with this i don't care there was all this phony economy and then there was 2008 that's right <laughs> and that was 2011 <laughs> and that's the Actually, 2011 the, the, i mean two, I'm, I'm sorry 21 i mean the the 9 11. so the oh. it was a big there was this big marker when all that became obsolete and that's part of the new changed reality the world has changed yet again yes of course the world changed drastically from the ideas of high art of the 19th century by all means we had the 20th century we had the first half of the drastic catastrophe and we had the second half of this managed we did we had good so all this is a net positive great experience but today the world has changed Again, we're gonna and we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay God with us. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is intended for mature audiences only. I'd like to thank the uh, citizens of Los Angeles County for welcoming us. That's what the video meant by internationally recognized. Yeah, it's Pride-Stadel. It's a coffee table book. For a small coffee table. Sweatshirt in here would be about as useless as a 2016 David Bowie concert ticket. Real man's button. It's a big boy shirt. Oh, I'm not just a monkey here. I'm gonna keep it the way it is. Okay, so let's get some content here. Who else died? Should we? Should we? Should we get a little bit of content? I have a lifelong hatred for higher education. <laughs> higher education thumbs down. Okay, what did it do for you? It didn't do anything for me because I didn't do it. Three days after I graduated high school, I went to be a pirate in the Caribbean. We had no plot, we had no storyline, and we said, can you just walk around and, and sort of just look cool and spend the next three months arguing over it? And then we just were at each other's throats like a bunch of like, wild treat cats. I should not have placed those two together. No. Make it look special in some way, uh, even if you only have... 200 bucks or something. Do it as if you, you, your name is, not, is the headliner. You know. Hit me up on the IG at David Urbanic and also on the bird beak. Or if you're really like a creepy little stalker, you know, like a hippie chick, uh, you know, stalker following you around creeper on the internet. From Humboldt. From, yeah. Look for me on Facebook. Hey, welcome back to the Hollywood Post Show. Okay, April 9th and 10th is opening weekend of, listen to this, Alexi, uh. 
the Renaissance Pleasure <laughs> Fair. Whoa! I'll make sure one, I get down Isn't that different day? One five five zero one East Arrow Avenue, Santa Fe Dam Recreation <laughs> Area. Dam Recreation Area, Irwindale. Open wide the gates for adventure, feasting, and fun. New merchants and entertainment lie around every twist in the road. Tantalizing tastes await to tease the taste buds. Join the greatest party since 1599. <laughs> Attend and share this event for a chance to win a pair of tickets. One winner will be announced the Wednesday before the weekend. Tickets available at www.ticketfly.com. So check out the Renaissance Fair. That's awesome. On Saturday, April 2nd, 7 to 11 p.m., Angel City Derby Girls and Eat More Art Out Productions. I have to be careful how I say that productions <laughs> thing. Presents their ninth annual group art show and auction with a theme, Now I Lay me down to sleep visions of fear and fantasy at titmouse incorporated 1121 stewart street los angeles through art and interactive experiences this annual silent art auction fundraiser promises to capture the surreal beauty and ethereal darkness of our dreamiest dreams an evening of fantastic fun with live art music drinks food trucks photo ops and more family friendly costumes encouraged eat your art out has become one of the biggest arts group shows in L.A. Biggest group art shows in L.A. That was a pofa. $5 at the door. For more info, go to angelcityderby.com slash eat your art out. Okay. <laughs> okay, so back to this fascinating <laughs> subject of high art. Okay, Mr. Dubin. Yes. What do yes, you think? Of, what do you think about it? What's your What's your... What's your take on this high art business? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sitting with two people who are clearly much more intellectual and deep on the subject. So oh, I come from a, oh, wow. I, I come from a kind of a, a more practical um, place when it comes to, to art. But I practical. <laughs> yeah, to practicing something. I've yeah, never. Well, I, I didn't go to college. I didn't. I didn't, I'm not. I'm not studied. I'm not any of that stuff. Okay, so. you know what? We're gonna go to George Dubin's video. <laughs> We'll see what he's about. Yeah, okay. Check it out. doing some, I don't know, for lack of a better word, some sort of urban landscape painting. So I started taking my camera with me, which is something all artists should always have a camera with them, I suppose, these days, but you never know what you're going to run across. You know, as I drive down the freeway, that looked like, they just look interesting to me, not for any one particular reason. So I just take pictures out the front window of my car. This one happens to be going south on the, uh, the 405 near the uh, Arco refinery in Long Beach. And it's something we all drive by and see all the time if you spend any time on the freeways. I've been sort of thinking about this for a while. Finally I've gotten around to actually making some just to see if first of all if I enjoy the, enjoy the subject and secondly, you know, if there's if it's got some little viability out in the world. I see these things, especially if the light's right, that's something that I can get into. And I happen to like this kind of subject matter. It's not that other people haven't 
done gritty urban landscapes or whatever in the past. To, again, besides this sort of concept of urban landscape, is also try to find some subject matters that are more based on patterns. I always have to have a connection with some kind of reality or real object. I started looking at images of tornado wreckage and started seeing that kind of feel and look that I was imagining. could you go into a hardware store or a paint store or whatever and, and find and make some art out of it so it's like readily available common stuff. Paint chips always have these like really stupid names they call you know the various colors so I started thinking well why don't I just make my own paint chips and by titling these colors I can also say something about the person in the in the image. It kind of gave you like three different vantage points to enjoy the piece from one being 30 or 40 feet away where the pixels converge into a pretty realistic image of the person. And then when you got up close to it you could start reading the little title. So I made up a bunch of really kind of funny little names for these paint chips and had my own printed for me. Okay, so that's an expanded version of, of creativity and what you can do. So, okay, I'm really curious to see what Alexi has to say about that because George pushes. You say, what, what did you what did you just call yourself like like like? Um, I, I I've kind always kind of logical and it's like you're so weird. Yeah, I, know. I mean, you're you're one of the weirdest <laughs> people I know because you just you. you who would know to do that? Who would use paint chips? Oh, I don't know. To I'm sure, somebody else has. You know, I mean. It, you know, I'm just a, I'm a journeyman artist. That's what I look That's at. That's what you, know? you say. Yeah, you I actually know. said, what I did just... you say? You said, I, uh, where is it? That's <laughs> super funny because uh, I would describe myself as a journeyman artist. Making art is all about solving problems. It's a chess game with one's own mind matching wits with ability. But there you, you go. But you do wow. whatever you want to do, but your, your art is damn good and you feel the art and your portraiture is amazing, but it's, it's real. It's real and it's deep. But it could just be one person. Well, it's it's partly untrained too, so maybe that's part of what makes it a little more real because I don't I don't have the academic background that these two gentlemen do. So it's I don't think uh, imagination doesn't come from there, by the way. It doesn't. <laughs> it's the little baby Jesus brings it down to us. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that either. <laughs> it's a great. You can call that number to find out who Jesus is. Oh, though. that's true. We saw it on one the way here. One eight hundred to. No. Find Jesus. Yeah, find <laughs> Jesus. No, you. <laughs> we saw it on the way here, right, George? Yeah, exactly. And I tried to call, and it was busy. <laughs> yeah. You're always busy. No, it was, it was disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's so. high art for me. <laughs> George's no. G George's fascination with the medium is uh, not disconnected, and uh, the ideas and the intelligence of uh, me uh, of applying. That's what we just uh, started. With, that's what I love in your work. It's uh, the way you look at the medium. You know, uh, the meaningfulness of the medium. The way you apply is wonderful. This is that's what carries. It's mindful. That's what. That's it's mindful. <laughs> that's what uh, uh, carries a meaning, and that's. The the image comes out of that and of obviously and as I mentioned it's a key unique quality of today's culture that there is a various ways of constructing the image today that would uh, work or would not work and that's very important to know so whenever I say that and I'm very strong about you know my views kind of known for that nobody but noticed that nobody noticed that <laughs> at all <laughs> but it's very one of those really fundamental views for me is a real deep appreciation of that completely changed nature of our culture that's new but I and think that here we're talking about something that is culturally uh, agreed upon. If you're talking about high art, there are certain uh, things, at least in the past with high art, that were maybe the nobles were collecting it, they were the important people in a the society, they had it. Nothing like that exists today. 
You know, you can that's, have at the top the, of the art market, you've got billionaires who are playing. Ah, I'd love things. to talk about that. But, 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 but otherwise, money, money doesn't buy taste. I'd love to talk about that. Taste. Billionaires don't have any taste. They just have <laughs> They have art advisors sort of who are part of the game. Ooh, right, right. And I, I hate that. But that's sort of the reality that makes of, two of, us, of where <laughs> high art is, if you want to talk about the fine art world. It's just that they've got really shitty art in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, but everybody else. You, you talked know. about a cluster, so we're talking about the w- this one cluster of high art. But is there any any form, any cluster? Well, there's so many of them. Right. That is anybody them, succeeding? Nobody none of them succeeding. can count no, as society's high art. I think because there's so many different possibilities. You have just in LA, you've got lowbrow, and you've got all of us representational artists, and you've got uh, abstract painters and installation artists and conceptual mm-hmm. artists. Which one it's is true. the high art? Who can say? I mean, there's so many different possibilities here. That I think, and it's spread over such a wide field that you cannot but come down. I to can certainly say, art. of what high art is for me, and for my tradition, and for the cluster, whoever voluntarily and consciously put their life on the line to be part of, in a non-organized way, but as a religion. So full understanding that there is a different clusters, full understanding and appreciating that and loving. As a matter of fact, I'm loving even the ones who are directly on based on directly opposite principle to everything I hold dear to me. I have I have a total appreciation for that. This is actually fantastic. What I do not like always when because of an existence of something else, an appreciation of something else, anybody would wantonly put down my cluster and something that is really important to me that I could describe, that I could quantify, <coughs> that I could describe the, gen- the genesis, the, the present stage, and the application. That's all I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm weirdly, completely talking about yeah, the diversity. Weirdly, I don't culture. think, yeah, I don't think there's, I don't think it ever has to be one or the other. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Today, yeah. actually, it, the paramount of today and that's what, by the way, and that's what Scott, when we kind of it's coming is a thread, what Scott was mentioning, what George was, was mentioning, uh, regardless, we all have obviously our own approaches of dealing, but just like George said, we're all solving problems, right? And we have that overall cultural and problem of the art world as it is, and all three, all, you know, this uh, Scott and George, and obviously I'm mentioning that, the reality of that establishment art that we deal with, what is applied to us in a society as a form of ap- institutionally approved form of appropriate. Oh, I hate the word institution. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. And that already behind the trend. So let me talk just to touch just a few, 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 just make a few points on that. You know what? Well, for time's sake, while we're doing that, yeah. can you guys show those three photos? This is uh, the three photo, uh, one of Alexi's art, one of Scott's art, one of George's art. You can spend a little bit of time on each. And you can. Oh wow, that's, okay, that's, that's a, the dawn. That's uh, so, um, what th- uh, the I- the ideas are vital to me, and uh, it's not just words. The ideas fuel. The ideas exist not on their own. The ideas are part of this world. We're all observers of this world. We see the zombie generation, as Scott just mentioned. We see all this, and that sparks our ideas. So, this ideas is are important Hess. to me. This is good. Yeah, great. I mean. Greatly conceived work. Uh, so, uh, the, but the world, the changing of the world, made the ide- ideas, the dominating ideas of post uh, of postmodernism, obsolete. That's what I, f- I firmly believe. And uh, uh, today we have uh, a sort of a need for the adequate expression of the reality that is completely changed, that presented a new necessities. And there is a skill set, the new sk- the skill set that's simply needed for that new changed reality. And the fact that postmodernism is dead, it's not making it bad. It's not because it's bad. It's in, there is a lot of things that are bad which are not uh, that are dead which are not bad. It's just <laughs> dead. It's um and the limitations. It's a two. We can go and just so into you that. know, those two words don't rhyme in our language. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would agree that uh, uh, postmodernism is dead. I think postmodernism has won in a way that everything no. has become equal. Oh, I equal. like this. Okay. And you put out. You know what? That's a great point. Well, <laughs> you could also, you know, I mean, let's. let's George is going to fuck up this whole point. I am right Oops. now. Good. <laughs> let's, you know, I mean, I mean, let's take uh, not to put it down or put it aside, but uh, if you could, if you take the Broad, the br- new Broad Museum, I mean, I mean, what is I that? I haven't been there, what but you have w- an opinion. What is that a church to? You know, it's a church to everything that's sort of to hypergreed. 
It's an ideology. <laughs> it's ideology of hedge funders. Well, okay, I don't need to finish that's, that sentence. I guess <laughs> it's the idea. That's the problem with postmodernism. Again, not it's it's, not that it's bad in itself, but I'm what not it stands it's good for. Or bad. I just think it won. Uh, I don't think so. It's a it's a pyrrhic victory. Yes, everything is won. Classicism had won. Socialist realism had won. Anything that reached the domination in the society had won mm, and yeah. been defeated by that. They've been defeated by the fact that they became a solid establishment. In what sense well, have I, they been defeated? I because mean, postmodernism because is everything is kind of equal and of equal value. And so oh, no, when I mean, you look through no, what happens that. online, that's the way it no, works. No, it's not well, just I think, that. I think it's, too it's that. Not that. It has a very specific aesthetic uh, 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 things. You know, there is a lot of criticism on that and uh, a one you have to use your Russian knife <laughs> 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 well, no, I, just, I, was, I was just gonna say I think I think I think what's what's happened is it's it's you know the art world is simply a reflection of the time which we live in whether exactly. it's a win or a loss uh, it just depends on which side of the fence you want to you want to be on and Can I we think be on the top of it well I just think you know I mean hey, I mean our, all things are kind of cyclic anyway so I mean yeah. I mean uh, you know the type of work that we produce goes in and out of fashion every 30 years or something you know and and, and you know exactly. people people do want to get back to to stuff that's real you know i mean if you look at you know people are worried about where their chickens are raised you know where where their vegetables are coming exactly. from you know so they're gonna you know at some point they're, they're gonna want to come back i'm not to, thrilled with genetic engineering you, anymore you know you the, the emperor's new time. clothes are yeah. not going right. to be happening anymore. that's right and that's quantifiable you can look and dissect why is it happen in my view because i love answering my own questions i don't like <laughs> hanging the questions up there and to me it's a two limitations it's the limitation of irony that we reached that uh, one of the key signifying uh, qualities of postmodernism qualities was the was the use of irony and the irony was a powerful tool when that was applied specifically to take down the establishment the moment it became the tool of establishment it became it, it became trivial the worst thing what makes the movements art movements historically go down it's something because they become trivial and power that power that you know it's a strange a strange and intimate connection of art and power it all depends somehow on it okay but, the, but you know what where where's the power now and the power ah the, the power is in the people that's oh, right the people are or the money that's this no. is the true this power is, the true power is in the people but the people there are billionaires on one side and that's you right. have popular culture on the other side there's more that's people right. than and there are millionaires and that's right and that's right. and and I'll tell you and I'll tell you the art Basel is, is as far away from the changed reality yes, of the world on the ground as an income gap. Yeah, that's true. Income gap. That's what I'm talking about. We are representing two stages of society. A lot of institutional theory theorists. How, what do you mean we are representing it? I don't think we as representational painters are. We are doing our own thing. No, we're, we're just representing a, no. I'm saying we as a society. society. I mean we as a wider as a, as a uh, as a participants of the wider society and wider discourse. So. Uh, uh, the royal we. The royal. I mean, well, the the no, the, the people we. Well, I mean, the people we. The people we. And then you talk about the one, the one to ninety-nine percent we're well, talking about now. Well, <laughs> this is this is the thing. So it became, and a lot of um, uh, theorists of institutional theory describe, and it's very true that the current predominating mode that the billionaires support, it's they support not because they like it. It's not Kincaid, but because it adequately expresses the prevailing ideology. I just mentioned keywords. That. That's right. Uh, so the one of the most successful representations. I <laughs> yeah, know, that's right. right. That's right. Uh, and a scammer and all that the thing. You know, we, we don't, we, yeah, but don't talk bad about dad. Uh, Can but, we? But anyways, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> Can we please? We should. We have two minutes. They got it. Uh, and but the problem with that, with the fact that postmodernism became such a perfect perfect manifestation of ideology of its main backers, hedge funders. It's a hedge funder ideology. It's ideology of hyper-greed. It's been noted again and again in many serious criticism okay, that the money became the object okay, of that. Okay, but where are we now? Because oh, the money great. is just in a very small That's spot. So what about the rest of the population who appreciates <laughs> art, actually, the art people? Actually, actually, the real art people? Bro, even greater than that. 
what you what you touched on is a really key it's central again to me personal and i'm it's again instagram it's the people no not even that no, no but it is this it's is the, people. the reality it is. It's the, the reality no is the place go to have the power reality is actually the life on the ground the life of the inner city the life of people people had not been substituted by instagram the people had not been substituted for that i have these things all over but humanity still exists no, and it will it will exist and i'll tell you the changed world is the fact this whole new bag of problems that now is a result of that that caused the income gap and the problem and all that we have we eat that now at the bottom at the at the society level itself and i can tell you another thing that i have a clear and a perfect example for that in my city where my studio is uh, Carson. I'm from the city of Carson. My studio is there. That's where I spend most of my time. I see that life quite clearly, quite directly. Um, it's the most diverse city in the nation. Actually, it's number five. It's incredible. It's beautiful. It's um, uh, it represents the, the world that it is. And it's entirely screwed up by politicians. It's public. It's a major. Every city is, <laughs> though. That's the whole thing. Okay, but we have to, we have to cut. We're done. Well, I'll all right. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Paulina. <laughs> okay, so where can we find your work, Scott Hess? F F Scott just, Hess. Oh, just Google me. Google him, <laughs> George Dubin. You can Google. You can Google him. <laughs> yeah. Google, yeah, Google, I, Google. I hide out a lot. You know, yeah. heavily armed. I can tell you where he lives. <laughs> okay, Alexi, where can you find you? No, high art. Look at my neighbor series, the new My Neighbor series out of Carson City, where I would apply all the principles of high art that is part of a revitalization effort. I love Carson. That community is ah, coming together, is together as a fight back. And that's where salvation is. That's what I believe as the tools of high art, my dad and myself that we worked on, that will be applied today at the beginning of the 21st century as the part of the set of tools of addressing the actual reality as a social need, as the social action. I high art is a part of social action. Th thank okay, you, comrade. We're Whatever. fighting for <laughs> high art, but we're fighting for arts, creativity, keep being creative. Anybody who's been on the show is going to be on the show. Check out www.wetpuzzlepiece.com for all of that and all of my junk, all of my social media. Check it out. And next week, who do I have? Next week, I have a great uh, poet. Um, Ellen, maybe. Maybe. But check it out. It'll be great. See you next week. You are watching T-Radio V, Radio and TV.